If you can choose a superpower, what would it be? Today, we're talking to a superhero that wants to help you with your business and with your podcast. Welcome to Blair Radio, where every brand can be heard. Now, the voice behind the mic, James Shannon. Welcome to episode 21 of the Blair Radio Start Your Business and Be Heard podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you. And don't forget to subscribe to the show for more great content, tips, and more. If you are a returning listener, thank you too. I appreciate you and you really do keep me going. Now, let's get going with today's episode. We have another awesome podcaster and entrepreneur today. Today's guest is a really amazing person. He's been doing some awesome stuff with his business. He started a business, failed, and then started again, even though he was making a six-figure income as an employee. If his story doesn't inspire you, then you weren't listening, but that's okay because you can always listen again. So, Here we go with episode 21 of Blair Radio. Today, we have a superhero that helps entrepreneurs turn their expertise into gold and gain freedom. I'm happy to welcome the host of the Hero Show podcast, Richard Matthews. Welcome. Hello. Glad to be here. It's my pleasure. Now, I do want to get into all of the great things that you're doing, but I want to know, what did you want to be when you were growing up? It depends on when you asked. If you asked me when I was about 10 years old, I wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when I grew up. And, you know, so that's where that goes. And now my son's 10 and he wants to be a Pokemon trainer. So I figure that's a, that's a pretty cool thing. Um, but by the time I was about 13 years old, I wanted to be a business owner, a la Robert Kiyosaki, because my dad had put a, a copy of that book in my hands when I was uh, 11 or 12. And I read it a whole bunch of times and decided that um, my future held being a business owner. I didn't know what that meant at the time. Um, All I knew that it meant was that I was going to be rich and famous and have money falling out of my pockets. None of that has happened yet, but I've been a business owner. I I started my first business at 13 and I've run a number of businesses since then. And I've been running my current business for 10 years um, and I haven't been uh, in the corporate world for quite some time. Wow. Since 13 because of Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Yeah, yeah. 13 years old. My first business was buying candy wholesale at the big box store and then selling it to my uh, fellow students on campus at a good markup. Um, And I was that kid who, uh, you know, had the proverbial trench coat, you know, open the trench coat and show them your wares, except it was a backpack full of candy instead of a guy on New York street corner selling, you know, fake Rolexes. But um, I managed about uh, six weeks of sales before the uh, administration from the school caught on and shut me down and told me I was not allowed to sell on campus without a business license. And because I was 13, I could not have a business license and therefore couldn't sell. So I tell people that uh, I had my first government shutdown at 13 years old. That is cool. Wow. And then um, I know some years later, you and your friend, you guys had, you dropped out of school and you started a consulting business. Can you tell me about that business? Yeah. So um, in college, my uh, best friend and I had been working. Uh, we'd been doing a couple of things. I had I had run a portrait studio sort of on the side as I was paying my way through college. And we had been working together in a well in an MLM business. Um, I can't remember which what it, what it was at this point. It was Monavi or something like that. I can't remember. But anyways, we had learned through that organization a whole bunch of stuff about marketing and Um, other things. And because of attempts to grow that business, and we did pretty well, had got into a 
program called Magnetic Marketing that was all about using marketing to draw leads and stuff to you. And so through that, learned a whole bunch of skills about direct response marketing and using direct response marketing to drive um, sales and drive leads for an MLN business. And learned pretty quickly in the MLN business that it's not uh, based on your efforts. And, and then, you know, because of that, you don't really have a lot of control over where it goes. So we, we shut that down. But both of us had sort of fallen in love with the whole idea that you could impact the way people interact with you and the interactions they take because of marketing, right? You could string words together in the right direction and change people's actions for the better for themselves and for you and um, to actually drive sales and impact their lives. So that was sort of where our next step was, was to go out and turn that into a, an actual business. And the, the market we chose to serve with that skill set was the local business owners who at the time, 2007, 2008, it was like, you know, the birth of the smartphone and the very beginning of like the mobile internet and a lot of the uh, social media interconnectedness that was happening. And we were on top of a lot of that stuff. So we started helping local businesses build websites and build mobile websites and learn about direct response marketing and to learn about social media marketing and things like that. And that was uh, at that time, we were in college and we were in college to learn to be preachers. And through the course of learning to be preachers, learned that we didn't want to be preachers. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we both dropped out of school. That was August 27th. I can remember the date for whatever reason, but it was August 27th, 2007. And we both dropped out of school. Both of our wives stayed and finished their degrees, but we didn't. And we went off and started, started a, a local marketing practice. And, you know, as they say, the rest is history, right? All right. <laughs> but I had read that you had said that you were barely feeding your family. How much money were you making? So when we first started, I was, it took a, a number of years to actually figure out how to legitimately run a business. So my, my first couple of years, it was like, we would get a project and the project would be, you know, I was doing things like building entire websites for someone and a whole marketing plan for like 500 bucks. And we'd turn around and like increase their sales by like 5x for things that we were doing. And, you know, they'd make an extra 100 grand in their business a year. Um, and we charged them 500 bucks to do that. Right. And because that's what we were doing, I didn't have the confidence in myself. I was still thinking like a employee, right? Whereas like it only took me four hours of work to do this. And I'm only worth $10 an hour. So you know, it was it's like it's a $40 project. So maybe I'll charge you 100 bucks for it kind of thing. So I didn't really know how to price things based on value. So from 2007 to um, almost 2012, ran that business and did really good work for our customers. And we ended up moving states um, at some point in that um, and continued going you know, from Missouri to California and grew the business a little bit more. Um, but we constantly struggled because of pricing. And what that means essentially is that we weren't charging enough for our services. So we had enough to like just barely make it and just barely pay the bills, but not enough to like really continue doing marketing. So it was like you would have, you would do the project and you'd have to stop marketing, right? Because right. you didn't have enough money to do both. <laughs> and so things like that were happening. And, you know, a lot of that was just early mistakes in our career, in my career, because we didn't know what the hell we were doing from a running a business standpoint. We were really good at one thing, and that was the marketing persuasion, direct response stuff that goes into, you know, helping grow a business. But like all of the actual growth of a business and learning to be a CEO and learning to price things properly and learning how to actually, you know, build a team and all that stuff, it took years to develop those skills and a lot of, you know, 
hitting your face in the mud. And sometime around 2012, um, we both actually decided to roll up that business and shut it down. And we, you know, let all of our clients go and let them know we were doing that. Um, and the reason for that was like, we needed to, um, uh, for me anyways, um, and my partner at the time, we wanted to get out of the constant trying to figure out how to pay the bills while like building this skill set. So we wanted to get a, I wanted to get a director of marketing, like C-level executive marketing position with a company that came with a paycheck. And I wanted to work for a small regional company where I was actually like working with the C-level team and that kind of stuff and wanted to be in charge of a, a, a six-figure budget for marketing. And so it was December 2012 and we shut down the business. Um, and by February of 2013, both of us had director of marketing positions for different companies. And I had scored a six-figure director of marketing position, worked from home, working for a regional company and was in charge of $25,000 a month marketing budget. And over the course of the next 15 months, helped that company 10x their lead flow, produced $50 million in sales, and learned a whole bunch from the CEO and the president of that company who I reported to on a regular basis and got to work with, working with the team, hiring people, and actually like learning how they ran in charge for things and ran their business. Um, so it was a really, really good learning situation for me. And it also did a number for my confidence on like what our skills actually meant in a you know big business workplace, if that makes sense. And so I gave them about three months notice, about 15 months in, and we helped hire and train my replacement. And then I started up my practice again. So that was in 2015 or so. And I have been doing what I do now since then, which is working with expert brand businesses to help build their their education and their masterminds and their programs, um, stuff like that, um, and all the marketing that goes along with it, and then helping them more recently um, build their podcasts, weekly shows, that kind of stuff. And we just launched a, a service called Push Button Podcast that's in that vein. But anyways, yeah, we've been been doing that. And since since then, I've helped a number of clients do some really, really crazy stuff. I had a client that we did quarter million dollars of sales in 48 hours from when he hired me. And I had another client who um, is in the e-commerce space that we uh, took from doing about $4,000 a month in sales to this last month, I think we did 80000 no, $80,000 in sales in two weeks. So it's $160,000 a month almost in sales. That was just this last two-week period. And I had another client, He, when he came to me, he was doing $1,200 a month in sales for his uh, real estate training program. And the by the following fiscal year, he had done a quarter of a million dollars in sales because of the stuff that we did with them. Wow. So we've done some really cool work with people in that space. I had uh, another person in the real estate training space who went from nowhere to being the number one wholesaling trainer in the country in the uh, investing space. So we've, we do some really cool work now in that space. And I really really love it. And it, it's become a passion of mine. I now have a team of four people, that, um, including myself, that work on this business and get to be a you know virtual CEO, so to speak, because we're all over the, uh, all over the world. And I travel full time with my wife and four kids. And my average workday now is between two and four hours a day, four days a week. And I just, you know, we just did our taxes, right? Because it's a uh, April, May timeframe and have the uh, largest tax bill I've ever had which I know a lot of people aren't excited about, but I'm really excited about that because big tax bill means we made big money. <laughs> to go from shutting down your business and have to go back into the workforce that, and then to have the results that you're making now or getting now is amazing. But when you shut down your business, you and, you and your partner, how did that make you feel? So it was sobering, but it was also something that I knew we needed to do. So on one hand, you're like, you know, I've been working 
for in my case, since I was 13 years old, to be a business owner and to get to a point in your business career where you're like, I just can't do this because I'm starving myself and my family and we're just not doing a good job and realize that like the reason that's happening is because of my own failures, right? Because of my own like not being good enough in the space, right? Um, mm-hmm. Is that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's something that sometimes you just have to do, right? You have to to do to do that. But what was fun was that that whole process over the next four weeks of getting a job, like I picked one job out, and I spent four weeks working to get that job, and they had a whole set of criteria that they wanted to meet. I didn't have any of them because, you know, it was, you know, they wanted to have a four-year degree in marketing and they wanted you to have experience running a C-level executive team and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't have any of that experience, but I had the solution to their problem that they wanted. And over the next four weeks, I uh, beat out 250 other applicants because of some direct response marketing tactics that we put into the whole interview process and went through the two-stage interview with uh, the president of the company and then the whole C-level executive team. And they ended up offering me $40,000 more than they were planning on offering for a year, as well as work from home benefits. And they gave me a signing bonus to pay me for the four weeks I put into getting that job, um, which was super cool. So the marketing skills I had, right, I had that down. um, And I've only gotten better at it since. So that was it was actually it was really exciting. But it was like, it was one of those, like, I can't believe I'm doing this. So it was like failure mixed up with fear of like, what if I'm not actually good at this marketing thing? And I'm going to try this whole different approach to getting a job that nobody does. What if it doesn't work? Right? So there was a lot of fear in that, but it worked like a charm. And then I got to take a lot of those marketing skills that I had that I used to help my clients before and then to get the job and then for that business. And we, like I said, we 10x their lead flow. We drove $50 million in sales. I mean, it's high ticket sales. So they were, they were doing, you know, 20 and $50,000 deals and stuff in that business. So mm-hmm. hopefully that reigns in like how, how cool it was. But anyways, like $50 million in sales that we uh, drove from the leads that we were, uh, we were running for that business. So it was, it was a really good experience um, looking back on it. That's amazing to definitely have them pay you for the four weeks of prep time. And then speaking of fear, I honestly would have been scared if I had a six figure income and then to leave that and go back into a business that, I wasn't sure, you know, if I can produce the results, but you learned a lot while you were working there. Is that why you were comfortable to to leave and chart up your business? Yeah. So my family all thought I was nuts. The the people in my life that were supporting me in that decision was my, like my wife and my, my previous business partner were like, yeah, you can do that if you want. You can, I mean, you can crush it. And I had a couple of things lined up before I quit. Right? So like I said, I gave them a three month notice and which gave me a lot of time to set things up. And I had set up a uh, supplement company that I was running with uh, one of my first clients. And I had set up, uh, I had my first couple of clients already lined up that we were getting ready to start as soon as my job ended. So I had a, a, a long transitionary period that allowed me to line a lot of things up. And so my income dropped a little bit, but my first client, I had a percentage of profit steal and we had launched the uh, supplement company directly after I, uh, turned in my papers for the position. Um, And within three months, we were doing, uh, we did $60,000 in sales in the supplement company. And we had done $50,000 in sales in one of our uh, combined products. And then I had the percentage of profits from another client. So my first year out, it wasn't quite what I was making at the job. But with the difference in the tax, the tax code for when you are earning business income versus earning, you know, W2 income, because you, you get to spend a lot of the money that you make before taxes 
on business expenses, it actually ended up we had more money available than I did at the uh, with the other career. I'm loving your story. And I know that. Well, I want to ask you, how can people harness their story and create a heroic brand just like you have? Um, I actually have a uh, hero story framework that I use for people, um, for all of my clients and like how you tell your story. Um, because when it comes to building an online brand and building a lot of those things, it's, there is from a meta level, your website, everything should drive to whatever your main call to action is. So your homepage, your about page story, all your other things. And one of the things that we talk about on the about page is your about page shouldn't just be like a boring, like, Hey, this is me. And this is what I do. It should tell an engaging story, right? So if you, and you probably read my about page story before we got on, but it actually goes through a, a pretty solid framework that we use for all of our clients um, that starts off with like, hey, here's where we are now, right? This is what we do. This is how we help people. This is, you know, what we can do for you. And, and then it goes into like, here's why we do that, right? And, what, um, you know, why we're in that space. And then it goes into actually telling the story. So we, we back it up from where we are now to like, hey, here's where I started, right? And I started here and this was going on. We get into first successes, right? Here's some of the first successes we have in our business or in, in whatever we were doing. Um, and then we get into, into talking about your first, like where the big changeover in your business was like where, you know, it was all good Intel, right? And for me, that's, it's all good Intel. I couldn't feed my family anymore and I had to give up and take a job. And once you do that, your next transition is like, what did you learn from that? And how does that turn you into the person you are now with the skill sets or the, whatever it is that your business provides, you know, now I am world-class at X, Y, Z, right? And if you would like me to help you with that you know, check out our offer. And so I have that framework um, and I actually have it templated out and we use it for literally every client. If you guys want a copy of it, we can put it with the show notes for this episode. So if someone's looking to like, how do I, you know, write my story in an engaging way? I have that like a fill in the blank kind of thing where it actually tells you how to break down your story and what to put where um, so that you can tell an engaging story with, with what you're doing. Oh, wow, Richard, that would be awesome. When I was reading your story, yeah, it was very engaging. I kept reading more and more, just asking myself, what happened next? What happened next? That template would be amazing. I didn't even know you were going to do that. So I would definitely appreciate that. Yeah, I'll send it over when, we're, uh, when we hop off the interview and you can uh, include it with the show notes for your guests. Cool. I also want to talk about your podcast, The, the Hero Show. What is it about and what can we get from that? So The Hero Show is a is sort of a pet project of mine that has a fun story unto itself, right? So for me... One of the things that I've always hated about our culture is that our culture regularly vilifies entrepreneurs, right? And you can probably remember back to the cartoons you used to watch as a kid. And like, now my kids watch cartoons all the time. And you always see like, the bad guy is always some entrepreneur, right? And he's always like dumping oil in the oceans and killing the ducks or some variation thereof. And so we grow up with our movies, our TV shows, our stories, the culture that we're shown is that entrepreneurs are villains. And so when we get to, into being entrepreneurs, you see a lot in the entrepreneur space that people who are building their business or just starting, they struggle with things like asking for money or making a profit or, you know, any of the things that go into actually building a business. And um, you're like, hey, I don't want to, you know, one of the things I struggled with is like, I don't want to have a job. So if I offer someone else a job, am I enslaving them to something they don't want to have, right? Not realizing that not everyone has the risk tolerance or desire to be an entrepreneur like I do, right? So there's a lot of these things about being an entrepreneur that fears and things that we struggle with that come from this cultural idea that entrepreneurs are villains. 
And I've always, that's always bothered me. So a number of years ago, I set out to like, how can I change that narrative, right? How can I have an impact on that narrative? And that's where the hero show was born. And the, the motto essentially is, is that, you know, we have lots of people in our world, we consider heroes, right? Like doctors and, and military veterans and police officers and firefighters, and they're rightly called heroes. But the heroes that are most often overlooked are the entrepreneurs, because like literally everything in your life that you interact with on a daily basis was at some point touched and influenced by an entrepreneur, right? Your life wouldn't exist the way that it does now if it wasn't for entrepreneurs, right? They're the, you know, like Atlas Shrugged, they're the, uh, the um, entrepreneurs are what hold the world up and make it go around. Um, and without them, we wouldn't have the blessings that we have today. So the, mes- the message of the Hero Show is that entrepreneurs are heroes. And all we do is we invite other entrepreneurs on from all walks of life, from just starting their businesses to I've had uh, Silicon Valley tech startup CEOs and people who like started their business and 18 months later were doing $60 million in app development stuff, like really cool businesses from all, all over the place, all over the world. I think we're actually interviewing a uh, coffee shop owner in the Philippines this next week, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had... Uh, portrait and videographers from um, Ukraine and people from all over the U.S. and all, all walks of life sharing their story. And we just look at their story through the lens of a comic book superhero, right? What are their superpowers? What is, uh, you know, their, uh, their defining characteristics and, you know, their fatal flaws and stuff like that. And we, we go through that in, the, in a fun interview style. And so far, we're about 100 episodes in. We just recorded our 100th episode uh, yesterday, I think, which is super exciting. And so far, every one of my guests has, uh, has really loved the framework and really loved like thinking through their own story as if they were a superhero. So that podcast is designed for, it's really designed for my guests. I hope my listeners love it, but it's really designed to make my guests feel like superheroes. And that podcast for me, I started it, um, I got my first like eight episodes done and realized that it was a royal pain in the ass to do all of the post-production work and get them published and everything. That's where the push button podcast service was built. So I actually started hiring staff and we built out a whole system where, because I didn't want to do anything other than show up for the interviews. So like now for my podcast, I literally don't do anything. My um, staff does all the booking of guests and they handle all that research and booking and all that. I show up for the interviews. When I stop record, it gets sent to to my team and they do the editing and the um, audio editing and they do the graphic design and they do the writing and the research and all the stuff that goes into that. And they get all the graphics done for all the social media stuff. They publish everywhere, announce it everywhere. And we, we turn that into a turnkey system that we now offer to other podcasters because I realized I wasn't the only one that uh, suffers from that. And that's where uh, Push Button Podcast Service was born. So it was not something I intended for that show, but the show has actually turned into another um, revenue generator for us because of the Push Button podcast service that came out of it. Well, first, I want to say congratulations on reaching 100 episodes. That's something we all want to get to. So that's exciting. Also, yeah, the production, the marketing. Um, I was just talking to um, another podcaster last week and we all hate that. I want to do exactly what you said that you do. I want to show up, do this part of it, and that's it. So for yeah. um, anybody else that, that wants to do that, so you offer the Push Button Podcasting, right? Yeah, Push Button Podcast. Where can you get the service at? Where can you find it? Um, so if you're interested in the Push Button Podcast service, it's just at pushbuttonpodcast.com. And we're actually in the middle of uh, launching that to the public right now. So we have our first uh, three or four shows that we've been doing uh, all the testing on and making sure that we could actually deliver it at scale for other clients. And we're, we're at that point now. So it's in the process of getting launched websites up, things are going out. Um, and we're starting that, that whole process. But yeah, the way that it works now is like when we bring on a new client or you become one of our, uh, our clients, what we do for you is like, we take the show that you've already got going and 
we'll set up stuff. So like when you're done interviewing, like just as an example here in Zoom, a lot of podcasts are using Zoom right now. Zoom has a whole backend API built in that as soon as you hit that stop record button, your work is done, right? Like you literally don't have to do anything else. The uh, cloud uploading will take care of sending it to our team. And then our team does everything else, right? And it's, it's human powered human driven with, uh, with some proprietary technology backing them up and real people that actually care about your show and your branding as much as you do. Well, hopefully as much as you do. And we do all of the work, right? So you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do the uh, editing. You don't have to do the transcriptions. You don't have to do the show notes writing or the link collection or the research for the tags or the uh, episode title research and that kind of stuff. And you, we do all of that. We gather all the assets together and then we handle all the publishing for you. So we publish to the major video and audio platforms um, all over the place. And if you're doing like, this is a, uh, uh, an audio only show, we actually would take and create custom audiograms for your stuff. So you can have a video version as well. And then we trend, you know, we get it all published and then we also do handle announcements. So we create social media announcements for all of the major platforms and your email lists and your bot lists and your, uh, SMS lists for anything that's going on. So like for our show hosts now, they literally, they show up and they, you know, a lot of them batch record their episodes at the beginning of the month. So they get four or five episodes done for the month in a, you know, a day or two. They send them all to us and that's it. Their whole show just happens. Oh my God, that is amazing. Are you, are you able to discuss the, how much it costs or do we need to go to the Yeah, show? yeah, if you want to. So right now it is $2,500 a month for the podcasts. And what we are doing, we got a couple of things that are going in with that. Um, so first one is um, if you are like it, for this show, since we're talking about on the show, I'll give you guys a, a coupon code that is 10% off lifetime for anyone who comes through that. Then we offer a, uh, an affiliate program as well. If you refer, I think it's four or five other people that we, um, your show, your service actually ends up being free. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I, I love that coupon code. So we can pass it out to anybody that's listening. Now, do you have any tips for anybody to help them with enjoying the creation of their show? Yeah, absolutely. So my, my biggest thing that I learned was when you're building your show and all the stuff that comes on the back end, right? So you end up with like you, when you finish this show, like this one that we're doing right now, you're going to end up with an unedited piece of audio, right? Mm-hmm. For like my show, we have an unedited piece of video with audio attached to it. And you have to create a bunch of things, right? So you have to create, like, for us, we have to create a, uh, um, a finalized video version, a finalized audio version. We have to splice in our intro. We have to splice in our commercials. We have to splice in the outro, get all that stuff put together. Then we have to go and, um, what, like, like, the way that most people do it and the way that I, we were doing it is, like, we get that done. They're like, okay, we got to go publish on YouTube. So you go to YouTube and you're like, you upload the thing. You're like, oh, we have to do it. You know, we have to always make with the thumbnail because it asks you for the thumbnail on the thing. So you go over to your graphics processor program and you create the thumbnail and you put the title in it. You put all that stuff and you upload the thumbnail and then you're like, okay, we have to write the description. So you write the description into YouTube. And if you're smart, you like copy it to another text document so you can use it elsewhere. Right. So you're like back and forth into all the different things as you go like, okay, we got it uploaded to YouTube. Now we have to upload it to our podcast and then we have to upload it to Facebook. And as you're doing that, you're like, oh, Facebook requires a different image size. So we have to go back to the graphics processor program and, you know, and resize the image. And, you know, maybe you have a couple templates for that to make it faster. What we found works really, really well is to silo that work. So my biggest tip for someone, if you're, if you're in the process of building and doing all the work for your podcast, is to silo it. So the way that we do our silos in our business that works really, really well is you, your first silo is your episode management, right? So after you're done recording, get into wherever you're hosting all of your data, right? If that's on your external hard drives or on a cloud service or whatever it is, get your episode, you know, folders up, get all the raw material in there, get all your templates for your show notes and for whatever graphic stuff all in there. So it's all ready to go. And then 
you know, go into the next silo, which is editing and post-production. And so you do editing and post-production and you do all of it, right? So you get your video done, you get your audio done, you get all the finalized things done and you put them back into the episode management file. And then you move on to, um, we'll do transcription next. So we drop it into, like we use Rev. Um, and so you have the transcriptions done. Um, and then now that we have the transcriptions done, then we move into the next silo, which is getting all the written things done. So you want to like have a list of all the things you need written. So you need your title, your subtitle, your YouTube description, your podcast description, your show notes for your blog, your tag research, right? All the different things that are going to be written, right? All of your social media share posts are all written and put into a nice long document for you. Right? So you get all of that done in one thing. Um, and then you handle, you move into the next silo, which is publishing, right? So like I have to get my stuff published. So then you can like, when you go to YouTube to publish, you're like, uh, it's all copy and paste. You can just open up your document. You can paste the title, paste the tags, paste the, uh, um, paste the description, upload the video and, you know, drop in the thumbnail all in one go, right? No going back and forth because you have all the assets done. And same thing, you go to your Facebook feed and you drop in the video and you drop in the, the share text and you drop in the link to your WordPress URL or whatever. And you just go one by one and you get them all done really fast without having to waste time going back and forth. Um, and a lot of that comes from just like realizing what's dependent on the next thing. And if you do, th if you do your dependencies, like I've got everything that is done that the next step is going to require. When you handle your post-production that way, you can take something that normally takes 10 hours and get it done in five. Yeah, that is something I think every single podcaster needs to listen to. This is that part right there. Because everything you're saying, I'm, I'm overtaking those. Like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. It'll make it a lot easier. So um, I know you, you travel with your family and in, in an RV around the world. Where are you today? So currently, in the midst of our, uh, our global crisis, we are stuck in central Florida. So we are right south of uh, Orlando in Kissimmee. I think I'm saying that right. Kissimmee. Kissimmee, Florida. And we've been on the road now for three years. And we, uh, we started off on the road with three children. We now have four. So we actually had a child on the road last wow. year in Texas. And uh, we've been to 23 or 24 states and traveled 25,000 miles. And we've been all over the place, everything from, you know, jumping off of waterfalls in Yosemite to seeing, uh, you know, whales in the Pacific Northwest to fishing off the Texas coast to right now we're soaking up the rays in Florida sunshine, all while growing our business, right? Since, since getting on the road, my revenue has um, gone up for 4x our team size has grown 4x and our family has grown by 25 percent at least <laughs> so so it's been it's been a fun experience that's awesome you was able to leave that job create your business and just work on the road do your podcast on the road and enjoy your family and have family on the road that is awesome i love that do you plan on visiting all 50 states eventually that is the plan. So um, we are like our plan this summer was to go up the East Coast, but like half the East Coast is shut down right now and no one's taking reservations. So we might be stuck in Florida for a while. Who knows? <laughs> but the plan eventually is to go up the East Coast. That'll get us most of the rest of the states that we haven't been to yet. And then we just have to do the northern border, right? All the states across the northern border. And we'll have the whole lower 48 done. And then we, we want to go do like a, a fly out to Hawaii and spend a couple of weeks out there. And then we're thinking about taking a uh, cruise up to Alaska and we'll have all 50 states under our belt. And our plan was about five years. So we're, we're about three years in. We got a couple of years left for our travels. And so we'll see how, how that all goes. But, you know, global pandemics mess things up for you. So who knows? Yeah, you had, you had a, a little setback, but I'm sure you get to all 50. That, that, that's awesome. I, I love everything that you're doing. Where can people find out more about you? 
Um, so my uh, my website for my personal brand, um, and if you're looking for any of the uh, the brand building stuff we talked about, like uh, building your courses and masterminds and automations and all the things that sort of go into that, that's uh, my richardmatthews.me website. And if you're interested in the uh, podcast stuff, that is pushbuttonpodcasts.com. And the hero show is actually on richardmatthews.me, so it's just richardmatthews.me.com forward slash podcast, I think. It's on there, and our whole um, podcast is there. So those are the best places to reach me. If you wanted to just chat with me, I respond on Facebook Messenger pretty readily. And I think there's a link for that on the side of our website. So, yeah. Awesome, Rich. Well, we didn't get too much into the the courses and the webinars. Did you want to at least let the, the audience know what you can do to help them out with that? Yeah, sure. So what what we generally do is if you have a expert brand style business, right? You have something that you're really good at. Mm-hmm. and you want to teach other people that thing so they can get results in that area, right? Everything from relationships to real estate investing to I've got peak performance doctors to uh, you know authors in all sorts of spaces. If that's you and you want to learn how to turn that into a online digital business, like right now we're actually putting together a class for doctors. So chiropractors, physicians, dentists, other things like that who are looking to still be able to grow a business when their offices are shut down, um, teaching them how to build a virtual aspect of their business, that kind of stuff. So that involves things like getting your books written, getting your webinar written, getting your main flagship course done, getting your um, group masterminds and things like that put together and actually like know how to develop them and how they all fit together and which parts you actually need. Um, we help you develop that all from A to Z. And like, it's, it's literally a publisher model style relationship where you just show up and bring your expertise and we help you build everything else. So you don't have to come with it if with any other skills other than your expertise. And we help you build everything, including getting your show started when you, if you start building some of that audience with your weekly show, that's where the push button podcast stuff comes in. And so we help them develop all of that, um, including persuasive teaching techniques. So your students get really, really good results. So you don't even have to be a great teacher at what you do. You just have to be good at what you do. And we'll help you with literally all of it, including learning how to be a fantastic teacher for your audience. So that's what we do for people uh, at the uh, richardmatthews.me brand. And uh, it's a lot of fun, but it's also, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. It takes a lot of effort and it costs a lot of money in terms of um, advertising and, you know, effort put in to build that kind of a business. It, it is a legitimate, real business. It has high profit potential. But being that it's not like a, uh, unlike the podcast, it's not push button, right? You have to put in a lot of effort right. to, uh, to, build, to build an expert brand business and really drive sales and really build a community around that kind of stuff. So if you have a message that you really believe in and you really want to put the time and effort and money into building it out and turning it into revenue and turning it into uh, a strong tribe and audience of people who are following you and learning from you and getting great results, we can help you do that. That's awesome. I do have one last question for you. If you can pick one, what is your superpower? So this is actually uh, something that I spent a lot of time talking about on our show. So I've actually got an answer for that, which is fun. Um, my superpower and the way, just, just for a frame of reference, the way that um, I think about this is if you look at all of your skills that you have in your life, mm-hmm. um, you probably find that you have one skill or one zone of genius, so to speak, that really empowers the rest of them. Like that's sort of built on that one skill. And for me, that's systems and processes. So I actually, I see the world in systems, right? I see the I see the the step by step processes that other people don't see all the way through, um, and that superpower has let me get really really good at a lot of things, right? So as an example, I'm naturally an introverted person, right? I'm not an extrovert at all. I've never really been an extrovert. I don't have a natural like heart gut level 
um, empathy for other people. But because of my ability to see systems and processes for other things, one of the things that I did as a young child was I was like, if I ever want to have influence on other people, I'm going to have to learn how to talk to them. So I remember as a young kid, I was probably 13 or 14 years old, taking notes on the way my mom interacted when we went to parties and other things like that, because she was a social butterfly. And when she went into a room, every, she could talk to anyone and everyone. And I, I had as a child, a notebook of like the things my mom was doing. And the same kind of thing with one of my, uh, my spiritual mentors growing up, I, I followed him around and took notes on the things that he was doing. And then I would go out and practice those things and get good at them. So being able to see the steps that people are taking and the things that they're doing has allowed me to do everything from getting good at having empathy and getting good at like, you know, last year I decided I was going to pick up the piano and um, my wife was frustrated with me because I went from not being able to read music to being able to, you know, play melody lines on simple Disney music in four and a half weeks. What? And, uh, <laughs> you know, did the same thing with picking up drawing. And I was like, just learning how to see, to see the systems behind what's happening has allowed me to do a lot of things and pick up skills really quickly. And, you know, get good at cooking, get good at a lot of things. But none of those things I'm going to be, I'm never going to be a master pianist. I'm never going to be a master chef. I'm never going to be someone who just has that innate level of talent. But the thing I am really, really good at is seeing the systems and seeing the business processes and stuff. So like what I do now is I help businesses build all the systems and processes behind, you know, in my case, I work mostly with those expert brand businesses. So when you walk away, all of my clients, like we talked about building all that stuff that goes into your business our goal is to build all of that and have it take you less than four hours a week to manage. And all of my clients hit that, right? And, you know, drive six figures of revenue with less than four hours a week of work because you build systems that let you do that, right? Because we don't want to build a business that takes your time. We want to build a business that gives you your time back. So my zone of genius, so to speak, is understanding seeing and then helping you build systems and processes in your business, which, you know, it's also leads to things like push button podcasts, right? I can take the systems that we build in our business that are really, really good and powerful and turn those into services for other businesses. So that's how we actually generate revenue in our business. Systems and processes. Systems and processes. I love systems and processes. And I love the uh, push button podcast. Well, um, Richard, I do want to thank you so very much for joining me today. Again, everybody, you can go to richardmatthews.me to to learn a lot more about Richard and everything that he does. And again, I thank you so very much and enjoy Florida and enjoy the family and you take care. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Richard. Please, please check him out at richardmatthews.me. A lot of great stuff there, including his amazing story. And I think if... I had to choose my superpower. It would be that I'm very analytical. I analyze everything. And I think that's why I created a spreadsheet for everything that I do. I want to know your superpower in the comments. And I also want you to head over to blairradio.com slash EP21 to get the show notes. There we will have the links and resources mentioned in this episode, including the template that Richard offered to help you with creating your engaging story. You can also learn about some of the terms used in this episode as well. Don't forget to leave a comment, like, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platform. If you're interested in starting your own show, let me know and I can see what I can do to help you out. And if you already have your own show, head over to pushbuttonpodcast.com so that all you have to do is worry about showing up for the recording. Next week, we will continue with podcasting talk and I will tell you what podcasting has done for me. And I'll tell you, I'll walk you through my process from pre-production all the way to post-production. Once again, I thank you so very much for tuning in to the Blair Radio Podcast. I am James Shannon, and please do whatever you can to be heard and make some noise online. When choosing your podcast shows, you have a ton of options.
I've dabbled in several of them, and to be honest, Buzzsprout is my favorite. I remember getting stuck when I started out, and I sent an email and I got a response within an hour from Priscilla with detailed instructions to help me out with my little issue. I soon found out that everybody at Buzzsprout was just as kind as Priscilla was. Also, all of the members of their Facebook community are super helpful, but there's more. They recently added Magic Mastering to help with the audio levels of your episodes when you upload them. The user interface on Buzzsprout.com is super user friendly and they help you with getting your show in all of the major directories. You can visit BlairRadio.com slash Buzzsprout today to get started for free for 90 days. If you have a weekly show, that'll be like 12 episodes before you have to pay. And one of my favorite things about Buzzsprout is their referral program. When you sign up at BlairRadio.com slash Buzzsprout, you, well, we, you and I, can both get $25 each. So, let's get paid and let's get heard. Find out what all of the buzz is about at BlairRadio.com slash Buzzsprout. Listening to Blair Radio, where we turn your online whispers into screams. Learn more at theblairgroup.com. Until next time, be heard.